God, God is good. All the time. Hallelujah. He's, he has been so good. We are in this series, Servants of the Kingdom. And today I'm going to give you the third part of this message. And um, we have defined in the previous word ministration or words that a faithful servant is a believer that is responsible of managing, not owning, but managing what has been entrusted to him, to them, on God's behalf. Amen? God gave you something, he entrusted you, and you need to manage it on his behalf. And every believer, how many believers do we have here? Every believer is called a steward, a manager, or a servant, that which is entrusted to them in, t in terms of time, talents, gifts, and treasures. All of us, we receive it. it. And we need to manage. And today's message is a servant by choice. Say with me, a servant by choice. Because it's not obligation. And I want you to start talking about uh, the Moravians. How many of you have heard about the Moravian church? Raise up your hand. Are you with me? Are you with me? Huh? How many of you have heard about the Moravian church or the Moravians? Some of you. And, uh, but if you do not know, I want to give one like overview about who was who were the Moravians? The Moravians were a group of Christians originally from Czech Republic. And because of uh, uh, religious persecution on Czech Republic, uh, they fled to Saxony and were given permission to settle on the land of a nobleman named Nicholas von Zinzendorf. It's a strange name. <laughs> but uh, this man had a very large estate and was a man passionate about Jesus. And then the Moravian, Moravians, this group of people who settled there in, in, in the, in, together with Zinzendorf, Establish, they established a church and they named that settlement. Uh, it's a strange name, but it's rare root in their language. That means the Lord's watch. The Lord's watch. And a specific characteristic of this community, the, these people, what it was their habit of continuing prayer. They had this habit. And this was carried, carried out in shifts uh, by different people. And this continuous praying at her hut in that place went on ininterrupted without ceasing for a hundred years, a hundred years, 24-7 prayer. And they kept it, praying. And it's written that even children, they were engaged in that 24-7 prayer. Also, the, Morai the Moravian people, they were a people of prayer, but not only that. Also, the Moravian church were a missionary church. 
and uh, they were the very large-scale missionary group of that time. And their all-consuming purpose was to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. Despite trials, their poverty, and all difficulties they lived, but they were always sending missionaries. And the Moravians, they, sent, they had sent out 200, 226 missionaries and entered in 10 different countries. And I want to, t to tell you the story about the first two missionaries that were sent by the Moravians. Please don't get distracted. The first, they sent hundreds of missionaries to many different countries. And uh, then the first two missionaries, it was two young men. Their name was John Leonard Dober. He was a potter. And he was converted when he was 17 years old by that landlord. And his friend also, David Nietzscheman, a carpenter, both of them, they were around 25 years old. And then they discovered that in one island in Western India, there were 3,000 slaves who belonged to a British atheist. They just discovered there was one island with 3,000 slaves. And then they noticed, who is going to preach the gospel to them? They are there. They are slaves. They tried to enter there. And the, the British atheist said, no one enter here to preach. As a mission, no one. And without permission to go there as a missionaries, do you know what they decided to do? They decided to sell themselves into slavery. To reach out the slaves. And using their money, they got as a slave, they bought their ticket into the island. And on October 8th, the, day, in the 8th of October in 1732, in the day of their departure, their family and friends were gathered there in the port, knowing that after their departure, they would never see them again. And some of them, they were there and started asking, why they are doing that? Why? What had led them to a such an extreme decision? And they remained silent. They remained silent. Whoever, when the boat was moving away, the two young men shouted. And this is what they said. That through our lives, the lamb who was slain received the reward of his suffering. May the lamb of God who was slain receive the reward of his suffering. Whoever these Moravians, they were passionate about Jesus. And the Moravians also were passionate, they had passion for souls. Why? 
because of their passion and love for the land. Jesus Christ. Serving God, being a servant in the kingdom, loving the house and the kingdom of God is the result of our passion and love for the Lamb of God. You are going to serve the Lord and you are going to be a faithful servant if you really love and if you really understand what Jesus did for you. Only those who understand that are able to do that. To leave their family, their relatives, their church, their people, their business. To offer their lives. And then declare, Jesus, receive the glory. Many Christians do not understand the truth of the Lordship of Jesus Christ over their lives. And this is what I want to teach today. Because nowadays, Christians, they do not know what means Jesus, the Lord. What is the Lordship of Jesus Christ? And all of us, we need to grow in the level of this understanding in our relationship with Jesus and his lordship over our lives. We know God is our heavenly father, our heavenly daddy. Amen? He is. And we are his beloved children. And hers. But also, the, he is the Lord of our lives. And we are his servants. This is what many people understand. I am a child of God. God loves me. But they do not understand what it means. He is Lord and I am servant. Remember that the word servant means slave. Did you know that? The word servant in the Bible means slave. This is exactly what we are as a consequence of God's redemption in our lives. And in order to understand the Lordship of Jesus, we need to have one revelation of redemption. I have a question to you. Do you know what means redemption? Do you know what means redemption? I, it's, is, it, is it clear to you? Redemption. What is redemption? For many Christians, the verb to redeem means nothing more than forgiveness of sin and salvation. Many people think redemption is God forgave me and now I am a child of God. Or God forgave me and now I am saved, saved and I am going to heaven. But it means go, it goes far beyond that, my beloved brothers. Go far. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say to you what means redemption. Redemption is the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt. Redemption means rescue or remission. This is means redemption. It means reacquiring or lost reacquiring lost property. We were lost and we, we were found to acquire again. And I'm going to speak about 
redemption. Why? The New and the Old Testament speaks a lot about redemption. And also in the Old Testament, we can read about redemptions of slaves. Have you read about redemption of slaves in the, in the Old Testament? Have you read? Yeah, I have read a lot. And I'm going to talk a little bit. Why? In the Old Testament, if one individual did not have the resources or money to honor his commitments, he should give his assets as a form of payment. Okay? Is what if he had some to pay a debt and then he, he needed to have money to pay it. But if the money was not enough, he should uh, also hand over his land. If his money or his land was not enough to pay his debt, he had to give his family or even his own life to pay the debt. It's, it's, a, it's how it worked. This would make him what? A slave. If you had no money to pay, then you had no money, you have no land, then you have to give your family or yourself, and sometimes the whole family would go to someone. And I want to read now a text in the Bible, 2 King, Kings chapter 4, verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. A certain woman of the wives of the son of the prophet cried out to Elisha, saying, look what this widow cried to Elisha. Your servant, Elijah, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to do what? To take my two sons to be his slaves. Can you imagine? You're losing your children as a slave. Or the widow would lose her children, for they would be taken as a slave if she did not pay her debt. And when that happened to someone, there were only two ways that this person to get out of the slavery. Just two things, two ways for that person to get out of slavery. How? Either someone pay for the debts. Or that person need a redeemer. Someone had to pay. A redeemer says. I have money. I'm going to pay. To rescue that person. Or. He waited in this condition of slavery until the year of Jubilee, and which was repeated every 50 years for you to be released. And let's see now another text in the Mosaic Law about this, what I'm teaching to you. Because today, please, you need to understand what is redemption. If you don't understand what is redemption, you are not going to live for Jesus Christ. Let's read Leviticus 25, 25 to 28. If one of your brethren became poor and has, and has sold some of his possession, of his redeeming relatives come to redeem it. Then he had redeemed what his brother sold. Or if the man has no one to redeem it, no one to redeem, but he himself become able to redeem it, then left him count the years since its sale, and restore the reminder, the reminder to the man who 
to whom he sold it, that he may return to his possession. But if he is not able to have it restored to himself, then what was sold shall remain in the hand of him who bought it until the year of Jubilee. And in the year of the Jubilee, it shall be released and shall return to his possession. Redemption. What, what I told you that is redemption, do you remember? Yeah, it's a payment. It's a release. It, it's a, it was a, the payment of a debt usually made by a closing relationship or a close relative because who are going to pay for you someone that loves you then someone that really loves you father mother uncle or a close friend that really loves you to pay and through this payment one could buy back what they had once lost so the person who had been enslaved ceased to belong to whoever first owned them and instead became the possessions of their redeemer. Hmm, this is interesting. If someone was redeemed by someone, what happened? They become a slave of that other person who redeemed him, him or her, okay? For example, for you to understand, if I got into a debt, if I got into a debt, to the point of losing all my belongings and being taken as a slave, okay? And if my brother, my father, someone, my friend rescued me. I would not stop being a slave. Okay? I would not stop being a slave. I was a slave of someone, but the one who bought me, I became a slave of him. Then you're going to say, what is good in it? I was a slave there. Someone redeemed, someone rescued me, and now I am slave. No, there's a great difference. Why? Because you were slave of a man who was rude, that didn't like you. And you were there as a slave. But someone who really loved you, that had passion for you. And then what he did, he gave his money, his possession to buy you. And then he rescued you. He redeemed you. But now you are his slave. But you are a slave of someone who loves you. Are you understanding? Ah, glory to God. And now I have to say to you, we all were in darkness. We all were, we were slaves of Satan. And Jesus came and said, I love you. I'm going to give my life to rescue you. And you, we all, we were slaves of Satan. But now Jesus rescued you, bring you to your kingdom. And I want to say one thing to you. You are not free to do whatever you want. You have a Lord who loves you. He's going to treat you with love, with mercy. He's not going to be like the other Lord. He's going to treat you with mercy, with tenderness. Can you understand what I'm teaching you? Are you, are you understand what, what is redemption? What happened? I just changed Lord. <laughs> I was 
slave of one rude, rude, evil lord. I was bought, and now I am a slave of a loving man, Jesus Christ. What did Christ what did Christ do for us? What did Christ do for us? That's exactly what Jesus did. Christ brought us. He bought us for God through his death on the cross. I want to read Revelation 5. 9 to 10. Revelation 5, 9 to 10. Let's read all together. <coughs> you are worthy to take this scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your Blood you purchased for God person from every tribe and language and people and the nation. You have made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God and they reign on the earth. Hallelujah. Or, the Bible says, the lamb who was slain, he bought you. You were under slavery. And, and they, he gave his blood to pay the price to rescue you. Why? In the past, God created man and put him as a manager in this beautiful planet. But what happened? Man became slave to Satan when he first surrendered to sin in the Garden of Eve. This is the point. Man was free, but when he sinned first, he became slave of Satan. And, and man was separated from God, from the glory of God. And, man, and we lost our Filiation, divine filiation, and, and man and all of us became slaves of Satan and slaves to sin. Both. But Jesus came, paid our debts of sin, in doing so, guaranteed our deliverance from the hands of Satan. Let's read Colossians 1, 13, 14. Let's read all together. For he rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Hallelujah. And brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sin. Note the term here in this verse. The term rescued, which appears when the apostle is talking about taking from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his son. Then we were rescued. This is redemption. We were rescued from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his son. That he's a, a lo so loving. Then he states, in whom we have our redemption. Wow. In whom we have our redemption. And this is the greatest news. Our debts were paid by Jesus. And we have what? Redemption. But this doesn't change our state uh, as slaves. <laughs> Why? Because Jesus paid. He bought you 
And now we are his servants. <laughs> are you understanding? Redemption was the act of buying, of paying the debt of sin. Let's read Colossians 2, 14, 15. <clears throat> could, you, could you read with me? Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailed it, the cross, to the cross, and having discerned the powers and authority, and he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Hallelujah. What leads to loving the Lord Jesus? What leads to love our Lord Jesus? It is the understanding that he loved us. Do you know why I am giving my life to serve Jesus? Because I had this understanding. Then I said, my life has no meaning for me. I'm going to serve him. My life has no meaning if, not, if it's not to serve him. And this is, this is the, the calling of God to all of us. When we understand how much he loves us, we are constrained to a response of love. But if you do not understand Redemption. This is why we have so many servants. As that one, the Bible says, lazy servant. God, they, they don't understand what was given. What means redemption? Let's read 2 Corinthians 5, 14, 15. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. For Christ's love compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all, all died. Ooh. And he died for all, for all, that those who live should no longer live. Oh, should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them. And was raised again. Hallelujah. <laughs> he died to buy you. You needed to have this revelation. He died to buy you. With his blood, he paid the price so that you no longer live for, by, for yourself. He bought you and said, okay, and now... You are mine. And now, I love you. But can you imagine to have a Lord, a loving Lord? <laughs> it is so beautiful, so nice. And this is why I'm preaching. I slave by choice. I slave by choice. Because now you are going to understand that if you don't want to serve the hen, it's okay. But those who want to serve the hen, they're going to choose. I understand your love, Lord. I understand what you have done for me. And my life is to live for you, and I'm going to give myself. He died to buy you, and by his blood he paid the price, and you no longer live for yourself. As Lord of your life, He's calling you. As Lord of your life, he's calling you. Come. I love you. Serve me. He's calling you. Use your time. Use your gifts. Use your talents. Be humble. 
in my kingdom. Serve me because I have greater things for you. And I have a kingdom for you. And you are going to save me. And one day I'm going to come back. I'm going to rescue you from this earth. This is what he did. Because the Bible says the kingdom of God is like a man. He went a long journey. But he said, I'm going to come back to rescue you. And then he's on journey for 2,000 years. But he's coming back. And he's waiting you for you to use your talent, to use your time, to use your gift for him. And remember all your talents, your gifts, your resource is not yours. Belongs to him. And he entrusted you. And one day he's going to come and say, how is my talents? I told you, you and, 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 uh, and myself, we have nothing. Even our lives doesn't belong to us. Because one day it's going to be taken. One day your life is going to be taken. And I want you to see what you're going to do in that day when you go before him. And the two young Moravians decided to sell themselves as slaves because of their love for Jesus. And that led them to do these two things. That two young men, they renounce their freedom. This is the first thing. They renounce their freedom. They could be free, right? They could be living with the family. They could be living in their church with their parents, with their beloved brothers. <laughs> but they said, no, I'm going to live for something bigger, for something greater. And what they did, <laughs> they said, I'm going to, we are going to give our lives to him that made the Lamb of God who was slain can receive all the glory. <laughs> and the first thing they did, they renounced their freedom and they lived to obey his, their master. These two things they did. And let's see how these principles are re related to the Bible and to the Christian walk today. Renouncing your freedom. You can do whatever you want with your life. You can use your life in the way that you want. You can use your time in the way that you want. You can serve the kingdom of God in the way that you want. You can do the things the, the way that you want. Every one of us, we have this freedom. But... The servant that understands what means, how much was paid for his redemption, they are going to become a servant by choice. They are going to serve by love. The servants of the kingdom who understand that they have been redeemed from darkness and have been brought, bought by the blood of the lamp renounce their freedom to which they are entitled and choose out of their own free will to remain slaves of Jesus. Or what that means? A servant by choice. You don't need. You can live whatever you want. But now there is a choice. You want to be a servant by choice. What is your answer? Our experience with Christ, including addiction to forgiveness of sin and uh, our eternal life, but the fact that we give control of our lives to the Lord Jesus also. 
Let's read the more one verse, Romans 10, 9 and 10. That says, if we declare with our mouth, what? I'm going to repeat it. If we declare with our mouth, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is your, with your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. When you profess what? Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. When you profess, Jesus is Lord. Or Jesus is Lord. If Jesus is Lord, what we are? Is slave. We are slave. But we are slave saved. The understanding of the Lordship has been stolen from this generation. Today, you are not going to listen what I'm teaching to you. Because in many churches, what they are teaching for you to have a blessed life and good, live a good life. And the Lord will bless you, you prosper you, and you're going to have money and a lot of things to live a good life on earth. But many leaders don't preach it anymore. Or we preach that people need to, need to accept Jesus as saviors. But the Bible goes beyond that. If we confess Jesus as Lord. Not, it's easy to declare Jesus as Savior. But what is totally different. Jesus as my Savior and Jesus as my Lord. What does it mean for God to be the Lord? He bought us, and we are his property, and we are his servant. And actually, many people are trying to adapt the gospel into their lives, and it's impossible. Sorry, if you are trying to adapt the gospel into your life, it's impossible. It's our life that must to adjust to the kingdom of God, Okay? Because sometimes we go to the kingdom of God and then we say, okay, but the thing should be done in this way. No, no, no. Servant doesn't do that. <laughs> Servant say, okay, what can we do for his kingdom, for his glory, to bring glory? Or what I think is not more important, but what he said to us. He says, amen. Can you say amen? And... The last question, how much does the kingdom of God cost? How much does the kingdom of God cost? Everything that you have. It, this is what Jesus taught, but many people don't like it. But let's read the last verse for us to finish. Matthew 13, 44 to 45. Let's stand up for us to read this verse, please. Sorry. Uh, let's read all together. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then with joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Wow. And he sold all he had and bought that field. Again, another par a parable about the kingdom. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for a fine pearls. When he found one of great value, what he did? He went away, sold everything he had, and bought it.
whoever find this great treasure. Do you know what is this great treasure? Don't walk, please, because we didn't finish. Do you know what is this great treasure? Hmm? It's him. It's him. When you find this great treasure, Jesus, and makes him the Lord of your life, then with joy, with joy, then you understand what you did for me, Jesus. What you did, you, you rescued me. I was going to hell. I was lost. I was in darkness. I was dying. <laughs> and you rescued me. When you find this treasure, you would say, my life has no meaning. I want to serve you. I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give you my time. I'm going to give you, I'm going to use my, my gifts. My talents, everything, Jesus. You need to have a revelation. If you don't have this revelation, what he did for you, you're going to live this selfish life. Fight with your others. Try to do the things your own way always. And this is not about the kingdom. the greatest, greatest expression of love we can be offering is to surrender our lives to him and to live in complete submission to him. This is the marks of a slave by love, to renounce your freedom and to obey your Lord. How about you? What would you like to do with your life? Would you like to accept his calling? Not just to be a savior, but to be the Lord. When he, when he is your Lord, you are going to say, not more my will, but your will be done. You don't decide anymore. I learned that. I don't decide where I'm going to live. What I'm going to do. I don't decide. Always I have to ask, Lord, what do you like me to do? Here's my life. Please close your eyes right now. And start praying. Would you like to renounce your freedom and live to obey your Lord? Please, if you want to renounce your life, say to him right now, please, start praying. And say, Jesus, I am so thankful for what you did for me. I was dying. My life was full of addictions. I was a selfish man, full of addictions. I was dying in the hands of Satan, in the kingdom of darkness. And Jesus, and you came and you paid the price. You rescued me. And Jesus, we accept your Lordship. You are my Lord. And I want to live for you. My life. My time. The gifts that you have given me. The talents that you have given me, Lord. I want to use for you and for your glory. 
Lord, forgive our sins, Lord. Please forgive our sins. Forgive, Lord, because we are walking through the wrong directions, Lord. We are so selfish. And we are living a selfish life. Help us, Lord, to be like the Moravians. And not like the Moravians, but like Jesus. He left the kingdom of heaven to become a man, to rescue us. Please, restore your church. I pray, Lord, for all my brothers and sisters here today. Break our hearts. Destroy, Father, our, our laziness. We are not Lord of our lives. We don't own anything. And you, you are the Lord of our lives. And in Jesus' name I pray and I bless all my brothers and sisters. And I declare, Lord, we are going to live for you and for your glory. Lord, we are going to live to make disciples. Lord, in this church we are going to raise here, Lord, many servants that are going to serve you. We are going to have here pastors, evangelists, missionaries. That they're going to serve you faithfully in this land. And you're going to be sent out to other countries to serve you, Lord. And may the Lamb of God who was slain receive all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray and we give ourselves to you and we worship you. Amen and amen. Glory be to the Lord. Beloved brothers, remember one thing. That a faithful servant is a believer. Psh, listen to that. A faithful servant is a believer who is responsible of managing with humility what, what has been trusted to them by God. Be faithful. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great week.